All right. Good morning. This is your host, Yakov Konevsky, your local real estate agent. And today we have a very, very special episode. We're going to be interviewing one of your local hard money lenders and 30-year loan lenders, Jacob. Or what do you, what do you rather go good by? Good morning. Jacob's good. Jacob's good. Beautiful. With, you're with Pimlico Capital, correct? Yes. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's get right into it. Tell me a little bit. What got you into real estate? What's your background? Like, what's going on? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'd say I'm on the younger side for Pimlico's team. Um, I grew up in, uh, in, in Baltimore. Uh, my father has uh, a few rental properties. Um, so realized the, the importance and the benefit of that passive income. Um, saw a couple flips. Um, depending on where you buy, there's good capital appreciation. So it's a, it's a lucrative market. Um, did, uh, hopped around from a couple companies that did large multifamily, um, and got back into the lending side. Uh, I think from a knowledge base and from a really, I, I like challenges. I like a bunch of different stuff all at the same time. And the only really way you can get exposed to all that stuff in this industry, in my mind is either becoming a realtor, <laughs> yep, like yep. the gentleman I'm sitting across <laughs> from or, uh, or getting into lending. Um, and I think lending gives me uh, the information I need to help my fellow investors and my clients, um, as well as help myself with, uh, with, with getting a better grasp of what's going on in the market. Beautiful, beautiful. And you said how long have you been doing specifically lending? Um, where I am now, about a year or so. Wow. Um, so I've seen a lot of things. Uh, it's been a, a rapid, uh, my, my, my learning curve to start was straight up and down. But uh, I, right. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm at a good spot now um, and got a real good grasp on everything. There's a lot lot to break into. I remember when I think I started seeing you at events when you started with Pimlico and like slowly we built a connection there because I think like at a certain period, there was like just just pretty much tri trees, tries, whatever they call themselves. Yeah. They were like the only people out there at some point, no? Yeah. And now you have all these new shops open it up, growing, but I think out of all of them, you guys are probably... Between me and you, I think you're probably the biggest competitor to specifically try us right oh, now. Oh, definitely. So I'll say Baltimore is one of the most concentrated markets in the country for lenders. Um, and the reason being is because it's one of the most concentrated markets for investors. So, you know, the money goes where the investors are um, and the investors come where the money is. So because of that, there's, uh, there's a lot of competition, it tends to be a little bit of a race to the bottom. So I'd love to do business with anybody, but I always, you know, implore people, shop the market because right. there's dozens of us out there um, and really find one that works for you that has the best rates. If, if, if service side is your importance, follow up on that. If you're looking for best rates, there's going to be somebody for that. You might sacrifice a little on the service side, but there is a, there is a niche lender out there for what you're looking for. Some do everything well, not the best. Some do one thing the best and the others lack a, a little lackluster. So there, there's enough of them out there that you'll find somebody you like. Um, and, you know, hopefully you roll with them. Beautiful. And I'd like to also add on what you're saying, even just comment where, you know, some people, they see, oh, this, this lender is a little more expensive. I'm not going to go with them. And in my personal experience, specifically selling, we sold over, I looked it over like two nights ago, we sold over 146 properties within the last two and a half years. Um, and I, from my experience, local lenders are the lenders to go with, in my opinion, because you have out-of-state lenders people go with, many out-of-state lenders, and then let's say specifically when it comes to ground rent. They don't know what ground rent is. If there is ground rent, they're not going to get the deal done. 
And I think it's ridiculous. It's like, go to a local lender. They're like, oh, ground rent, it's not a big deal. Is it redeemable? Like, what can we do with it? Fine, next. Like, it's not a big deal. And that's why it's so important to have that service. People that not just are lenders, but they're in the market. They know what's going on. And if there's an issue, they know the issue. They know the area. They're not just, they're not just you know, they're not just going to be a, a lender from out of state that's like, oh, I'll get you the best rate and not know what's really going on. Yeah, so it's it's interesting you say that. I had a very recent uh, experience with uh, Baltimore is a great market for um, capital appreciation, and because of that, you get a lot of out of state guys that come in and they say, "I'm going to throw something down. It's going to be cheap. You know, in five ten years, I'll be making passive income on the side, and I'll get all my money back on the appreciation." Great, you might be hundred percent right. But you're in Boston. You have no idea what ground rent is. You don't know the market here. Everything's very block by block. Um, so it's a high concentration. But you're better off, like like uh, like like we just said, it, it, you're better off going with a local lender that that knows the market. Um, Yankee hit it on the head. Um, they, it, there's a lot of different stuff in every market you go to, and you want to make sure whoever's giving you the money understands the the trials and tribulations of that market right because in baltimore those those trials and tribulations can be quite significant right and and literally like i always tell my investors when i talk to them on the phone i'm like listen if you don't like my opinion on it talk to the lender i'm sending you talk to the leasing agent i'm sending you i have no problem if they tell you it's a horrible deal and you don't buy it but i know it's a good deal i think they're gonna know it's a good deal and just ask their opinion and if you're a local lender a local leasing agent you will have an opinion on Pigtown versus Federal Hill, even though, yeah, they're like a mile away from each other, half a mile away from each other. So, you know, that's that's really a good, you know, I think that's a good intro for the real question I have coming up, which you're probably waiting for. I'm excited. I'm excited. What is going on in the market? What, you know, I'm just taking a step, I'm going to take a step back here. Let's go with basic, basic information, what you're seeing with your rates right now and what draws and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, I'll touch on the the general and then get to the meat a little bit, scratch the surface on it. So um, fortunately, I think that for the past 35 days or so, um, I think we've been in the strongest position since the start of 2023. Um, we're finally at a point where, you know, if you look at pricings and listings, um, the there's, there's not as much of an increase uh, year to date anymore. So things are starting to, I think, plateau out. Um, and hopefully, uh, some people expect a crash. Some people expect a, a bubble burst. Other yeah, people, who knows? you know, uh, there's a plateau, and sometimes after a plateau comes a decline. But but either way, we we've been at this point where both the prices and the rates were too high. Um, you know, people, you can stomach high rates if your prices are low. If you can stomach high prices if the interest rates are low. We we've gotten the worst of both worlds here. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts to this industry. There's a lot of moving parts to my lending. Um, Got to pay attention to the rate, you know. Uh, cost of capital is not cheap, so we've, we're very fortunate to have a fund structure. But but even still, our, our investors to that fund are watching the Fed rate every single day and expecting, uh, you know, something off of that as well. Um, so because of that, rates are kind of changing. We're fortunate that when I have a, a rate increase, it doesn't take shape for about 30 days. So say Fed increases the rates, it'll hit me in about 30 days if it hits me at all. Sometimes we'll stomach the loss um, if, if we need to get business moving. So it depends there. Um, but So that's just one facet of it is the interest rate. Um, and it has been historically high. Not historically high. I, was, I can always tell a seasoned investor from a new investor. When somebody calls me, I say, you know, I have a 30-year note right around 7%. And they say, oh, that's great. 
You know, somebody who jumped in two years ago, three years ago, was expecting me to say five and a half percent or less. Yeah, um, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but somebody who's been in the game for say twenty plus years, you know, they're they're used to these rates. Right, they're not astronomically high. Inflation's astronomically high, um, and because of that, the Fed's responding. Uh, we can get into the politics of it if you want, but um, it, that 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 gives me, you know, it's pretty cut and dry right there. Um, but but we are a little high, um, especially because of how the prices are, and that's the other facet of it. Um, as prices increase, I have less business. You know, people don't want to buy as much. Um, they don't see the gains as much, and it's more expensive for me to lend on these properties when I know in four or five years, if, if prices drop, I'm out a certain amount of money. There's no appreciation there for me or for the investor. So it's a little tricky, but I am sensing a change coming. Um, I visit a lot of auctions. You know, Over the last three months, every auction's brought more properties. There's more foreclosures. Um, there's more sellers willing to drop their price just to get the sale done if it's been on the market. So things are starting to change, um, but I think the next two months um, as, as we come to a close on the quarter are going to be the most uh, dictating dictating months for the outlook here. Wow, that's very interesting. I was also in last episode we interviewed Alice Kennedy, the commissioner. She was also mentioning how they're focusing on different ways to get a lot of those vacant properties sold to investors so that they're going to be able to now go to you guys, take out that loan to do the investment and make things happen. So we're definitely seeing some of that inventory starting to slowly creep up in the market, REO deals, stuff like that, to really come through. Um, Now, so really basic, what are you guys charging, if you want, what are you guys charging today, basic package? Obviously, there's different how seasoned the investor is, but what's your basic package that you would offer someone? My basic package on a hard money loan uh, is I try to get as close to 85% of your total cost. For the more seasoned guys, I can bump that up. For the less experienced, lower credit score people, I can bump it down. This is for hard money. So it's typically broken down 80% of the purchase, 100% of the renovation. Um, that's if, if, as an investor, they're running the numbers correctly. Um, I want to see you know total cost of the projects, no more than 70% if possible of what their after repair is, so on and so forth. Um, but if any, everything's clean, the deal looks solid, um, 80% of purchase, 100% of reno is sort of the basic guide that, that I try to get um, uh, a deal at. Um, 11, 11.5%, two to three points. Um, so pretty standard, industry standard stuff. I know some places are charging uh, 12%, 12.5% for lower points or for the same points. I know some people are charging you know, 10 and 3, 10 and 4. So it's, it, it is pretty average of how the market is, um, but that's not really a telling thing, I'll say. I think that's pretty standard, 10 to 11%. Hard money is, is I think, the average you know, over the past 30 years. So we're a little bit higher. Um, and so, so is everybody else, but uh, that, that's just the, the way the market is. Um, so that's, that's really my basic package. On the, I mean, rentals are much more boxy. It's, uh, so I'll carry a note, say it's a 30-year note. Um, the industry standard, 80% for purchases or rate and term refis, 75% for a cash out. Um, all my notes are DSCR though, so I can't do those loans unless your rents are strong enough. That's another facet of this is is the rental market. Baltimore's still got a very strong rental market. People can still charge 1% of their values in rents each month. So for the most part, the rental game is still very strong. You're buying a little high, but rents have started to adjust to those new prices. So flips, I think, are a little less profitable right now in certain markets, but I think rentals are still very profitable in the, the passive income. It's going to take a little while to you know be in the green because the prices are so high. 
But uh, that, that, that's the other debate I have with every investor is, I have 80% available, but do you really want 80%? Do you really want to carry that note and pay that much higher principal balance with the high interest rate, mind, right. mind you? Um, it's, it's, that, that's the toss-up here is it's available as a program. Right. But most of my loans right now are closing at 70 or 75%, not 80 People want to pay that extra 5%. Sure, it's more money now, but over the long haul, they could be making ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 more over the course of the loan. Right, and your seasoning periods also for the 30 years are probably, what, five years? Um, yeah, it's a five-year prepay. So there, there's really no reason to, to try and get out right now. I The, the adjustments for reducing your prepay are, uh, the, from a five-year to a three-year uh, industry-wide, it's not that bad. It's like 25 basis points increase on your rate. Right. Um, but you're, remember, you're, you're starting at a, at a higher rate than you'd think you'd start at anyway. Well, like 7.3 now? 7.25, 7.3. Um, so then you're already at 7.5. Uh, if it's multifamily, somebody's going to tag on another rate adjustment. Um, you know, your, your ending rate could be in the eights. Right. Right. And because of that, what's the point in not spending that extra 5% to ensure you're more profitable over the, the course of trolling the property? Right. Um, so that, that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now, actually, on the rental side is, is people, you know, I've, I've never had more people say, Jacob, can you give me a little less money? You know, everybody, everybody's always saying, uh, you know, I want more money. I don't want to put as much down, yada, yada, yada. This is really, really interesting times that, that people are actually asking for less money. People want to pay out of pocket. Um, and when we get, I think, start talking in, uh, uh, about some, some tips and in investing, I think that's one of the biggest points is, is cash down is, is key here in this market. The more money you have, the more profitable you can be. And that's real estate's one of those things everybody thinks they can get involved in, everybody can turn a quick profit. But right now, it's much more expensive. And if you want to really be profitable, it needs to be more expensive. Right. And like we were, I was, you know, I'm, I'm doing now specifically multifamily. And I think that this period is going to be really sifting out. The people that know what they're doing and the people that just got into it because they wanted to make a quick buck, right? People, especially even single family, like we've been doing for the last three three years now, you know, people just came in 2020, 2021, 2022, buying, flipping, and I can't tell you how many investors of mine are calling me like, oh my God, I'm going into foreclosure now. What do I do? This and that. And it's not because they didn't even buy a good deal. It's because they started renovations. The renovations took too long. And in the middle of nowhere, rates jumped up. So now when they do the refinance or they're trying to sell, it's not what they thought it was, especially if you ran out of capital and this and that. Now you're stuck. So that's it's a definitely a good perspective to hear where it's coming from um, and that people are still doing flips. I see it flips a lot more than rentals right now, personally, also. I don't see people trying to buy rehab refinance as much going on as people buying in good locations, flipping them to homeowners. I mean, that's just my view. What do you think? Um... I think it takes a more experienced borrower to have that outlook for long term. I think somebody who gets in um, and doesn't really, like you said, people, you're, what you're seeing, I am also seeing. Um, I have done a lot of, I'm very, like I said, we, we, we do a lot in-house. Um, hard money and rental, um, and because of that, I've I've had a lot of repeat business from the same people that we thought were going to flip those properties. Right, they come back and say, "I can't. Can we refinance?" Right, um, and like you said, it's so uh, well. Your rate's a little high. Well, I don't really have a choice. And then you get into this bad taste situation. You know, oh, they charge me a high rate. It's not my, you know, it's the way the market is. Sorry. Yeah, talk to um, the government. I don't want to. I don't want to do any more business with you. Blah blah blah. Well, fine. You know, it is what it is. But that that's like the market killing your deals. The market killing your relationships. So. Um, and, and I'll take some responsibility in that, you know, 
I got to preface my investors, you know, this is what the outlook is, right? Uh, you know, we, we've got a, a, a one year, a two year, a five year projection. Um, five year projection is very fuzzy. But, uh, you know, <laughs> let's break it down more simply. You know, most of these guys get a nine month term and they're, they're looking to refine nine months. Um, so you give them a nine month outlook, right? I'll tell you what my rates are today. I'll tell you what I think they are in nine months. And maybe, maybe I haven't done that as well as I should. Um, but mind you, we thought these were flips. Um, so they get back into the refi side and uh, they're, they're unhappy. Um, I think with – there's a bigger issue in my mind on just touching loosely on the single family component here. Right. Um, I think there's a little more risk in single family right now as a rental. Um, and the reason being you charge a higher – your rents, gross rents could be the same. A multifamily could be a little bit higher. But you break it down to your price per unit. Your return per unit on a one, you know, single family price per unit is going to be much higher than your price per unit on a duplex, tri, quad, any commercial multifamily. Um, and because of that, you need to charge a higher premium on your rents in a, in a single family. People can't afford that right now. Right. Especially your cap X, meaning like you get from Section 8 for one or two bedroom Section 8 is going to pretty much pay the same whether it's an apartment or a row home. And your CapEx expenses, like you're saying, like your roof is going to be the same reserve you're going to be putting away, but just now you're getting more income. And so that is, is what you're bringing up is a very good point. And I personally own some rentals and I know that, thank God I bought it in the right time. But if I, I wanted to buy another one and I couldn't because I knew that all it took was a tenant moving out a little too early, not finding a tenant in this rough market. And now I'm paying mortgage. I have maintenance, this and that. And it just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. It's <laughs> yeah. as simple. So uh, Section 8 is very interesting. Um, and if we want to jump into sort of investment strategies that I think work, Section 8 is a perfect one. So during COVID, obviously, the only payments you could collect were, uh, on the rental side yeah. were, were, you know, any of the servicers that called <laughs> the Pimlico said, hey, I'm not getting rent. So it's, you know, there's, there's rent forgiveness here. Section um, 8 was the best. The tenant. government's still paying, you know, yeah. the government is still paying. So it used to be, I think, in, in Baltimore especially, they, Section 8 wouldn't finance a rental um, without 30% of somebody's earnings going toward. So let, breaking right. that, you know, say somebody makes 1000 bucks a month, but their rent is 1500 bucks a month. That tenant is required to put 30%, $300 down. The other 1200% city of Baltimore will pay for. So, right. you know, thank you, Yankee, for contributing to somebody's <laughs> rent. Um, so you weren't getting full rent, but, you know, if the property DSCR'd well, the thinking was they're still going to be able to pay their monthly payments. They might not be cash flow positive or, you know, even if they were, they're only making 50 bucks. But I'm protected because they're, you know, they're, they're also protected. They're paying the uh, – they, they can afford to pay taxes and insurance not out of pocket. Right. And they can pay their interest and they, they can pay their principal and interest on time, no problem. Um, very, very interesting recently. I found a lot of people, not sure how they get by with this, but they're renting out to tenants that don't actually have income. Because they don't have income, the little you know, 30%, 30% of zero is – Zero. Boom. Go. So what's happening? Baltimore City is actually paying 100% of their rental premium. Right. So that is, it's a very interesting situation. Not sure if you'd want those kinds of tenants in your property. Mind if you're you. getting Section 8, you might as well get those. So that's, that's the thinking here is why even risk it, right? Why even, why even risk it? Why even say, you know, you can only charge market rents, but a lot of people can't afford market rents. Now, if a lot of people can't afford market rents, I can still make money off the city. Yeah, no, that, people cannot afford market rents. Talk about East Baltimore charging sixteen to 1800 for those row homes. There is no way, in my personal opinion that people are able to afford that. 
and it's not coming from HUD and stuff like that. Even on the lower end properties, which is where most Section 8 tenants come in, in the lower end areas, they're still, you know, $1,400, $1,500. Yep. And who's paying the $1,400, $1,500 to your pocket every month? It's the city of Baltimore. So who cares? Sure, maybe instead of, you know, cashing away 15% of your income each year in maintenance, maybe, maybe you tweak that to 10 or 15%. Um, just in case, you never know what these tenants are going to do to your properties, but uh, that's worth it to me. Right, especially if you keep them in there a long time. I don't care what they do. If they're there for 10 yeah. years and I'm cash flowing from Section 8, I'm good. Who cares? So that's, on the rentals, look, I hate Section 8 tenants. I don't like dealing with Baltimore City, but if you're going to do a rental in Baltimore right now, that is a really strong option. And most of those properties are pretty cheap, actually. Um, so you, you put 10, 15K in improve a little bit, you know, it's got to meet certain codes to be Section 8, so you, you spend all the money on those things, um, and then done, boom. And I'll say Baltimore's a great market for that, for a lower, uh, there's a lot of shells in Baltimore. I see a lot of guys say, picking this up for 10K, I need, Jacob, can, can you give me 120K to do a rehab? Look, we've done those, they're sketchy, they're risky. Somebody's really, really experienced, though. It, it removes a lot of the risk. And we've done a lot of those successfully, but it takes the right person, and most of those guys are flippers. Right. For the rental stuff, you buy something for 70K or so. You say, I put 15, you know, 20K of, of light work in, get a custom. You know, lipstick on a pig is what I call it. That, that's sort of rehab, just a slapstick cover-up sort of stuff. Um, in Baltimore, the, the appreciation could be twofold, could be two and a half fold. You know, you could have taken a depending 70K where, property, yeah. depending on where, but you could turn it into 120K. Then when you refinance out of that hard money loan for that short amount of money, you're getting cash, you're getting capital, and it's still going to be code for a Section 8 tenant. And then you're cash flow positive, but you've also it's, – it's classic burr, but it's better burr because you're, you're guaranteeing your exit and you're guaranteeing your passive income. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't work in not really city hubs like Baltimore, like D.C., uh, Virginia. You probably can't get away with it as much. Um, but those markets, the, the ones that people like to invest in are the ones that those, the, you know, things add up. There, there's a reason people like to invest in these markets, I'll say. Right. Um, so uh, rentals are strong, though, um, when, when done correctly. Um, but right now, it's harder to find a, a stronger rental like that, actually. So. Right. Right now, 100%. Yeah, things, things change. Over the last three years, I've been seeing our prices go up and general prices go up. And it's really, it's not even just us. It's owners thinking it's going up, so the owners are charging more. It's not just that we're just charging more because we want to charge more. The owners are up, we're up. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, so let's get into going for the future. You know, what what strategies would you share for investors that, that want to get into it, you know, and, and, you know, they need help going forward? So the biggest, I think, development um, that has come out of, it's not an old concept by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely taken a greater foothold in the investor communities around Maryland especially, um, is seller's financing. Um, that has been a massive, massive component to deal strength for a lot of investors. I'm a lender, right? I like first lien position. I hate seller's financing. Um, it's very difficult to get a malleable seller. You, you need the right seller, you need the right property, you need the right buyer. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, but for a lot of these guys, that is what is saving their deals. You're seeing a lot of that? Because in my, in my experience, a lot of owners we're working with usually owe too much, where seller finance, the bank they, they owe money to will not accept seller financing. So, that's, so when I say the right property and right seller, what I mean is this is a long-term homeowner. Right, this person's owned the property for 25, 30 years. Maybe they inherited it from their family member. So there, there's not a lot. The you know debt needs to be very low, if at all. 
Right. So it's either got to be free and clear, there's got to be no liens on it, no no anything, no nothing needs to be owed. And if something is owed, it's got to be very, very low amounts. Um, and the, the a component of the seller's financing is, uh, hey, Mr. Seller, I'm not going to buy the property unless you pay off you know that, that extra lien right over here. Um, and a lot of these people, they're putting down sometimes a little more money than they would, you know, say 25, 30%. But that 70%, if, if the seller's able, is going to finance that note over the next 10, 15, 30 years, potentially 4, 5%. I can't even compete with that. I can't come close to competing with that. The lowest terms I have sent someone on a 30-year note in the past, say, five months is 6.75%. Wow. Right? So they're beating me almost by two points there, minimum. If you could find that, I'll tell you, if you could find that. So I'm I, seeing a lot of people finding that. Um, really? there's, there's a bunch of communities popping up. Sub 2, if, you know, Pace Morby hears this, you're welcome for the shout out. Um, That's tricky, Sub 2. I've talked to a lot of attorneys about that. So it's, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky thing, but if done correctly, it's a really, really, you know, I, I hear the craziest stories. There's a concept, uh, you know, buying a property under wraps. If you don't want to carry the risk of having the renter, you essentially become the seller's fine. You become the bank. Um, that's the way investors are making money right now. Uh, the seller's financing is, is a massive, massively growing opportunity here. Um, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm saying it's, it's gaining a lot of traction from the investors I'm right. seeing. If they could do it, I definitely agree that if you could do it, you should do it. And subject to specifically, I, the risk I've seen with subject to is the fact that now the question is, could you even write off depreciation? Could you write off maintenance? Who's the insurance? If you're getting property insurance, who's it under? Who's paying taxes? All these questions that become very tricky. And I'm not saying it's not you possible. you got to be an expert in your field to do it successfully, which, right. which I think it, the reason, in my mind, the way Baltimore investment strategies grow is somebody comes up with this great idea. Boom, they start a Facebook group on it or they, they start some meetups. You know, those are huge in Baltimore. Right. And they do one or two deals successfully like that and they get a following, right? And then they have this group of, of like-minded individuals that sort of – it's everything is, is mentor, mentee. Everything is let me teach you this. Then that person goes and teaches three more people, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and I've been seeing that. I, I've seen a lot of people sort of, you know, their deals sort of go bad because of it. But I've seen a lot of people with successful deals. I've actually, I've had the privilege of lending on one of them. You'll never get this to happen. Not sure why the seller agreed to it, but uh, it was a 300K deal. Um, it was actually in Northern Virginia. Um, so lower price point for the area, really dilapidated house, but it's exactly that situation. Uh, family lived in there. It was their house they grew up in um, in like the 1980s, right? But this woman had owned this house for 70 plus years. Owned free and clear. She dies, passes it on to her kids. Kids don't really want it anymore, but they'll make money on it. So they, they sell it to this investor. Um, investor convinces them, you know, let me put 40K down and you finance the rest. So it says, well, I don't really want to finance the rest, but I'll finance, let's say, 100K or 140. So what do they need? They need a 160 loan. Comes to me, I know the guy very well. He says, I know you hate these, Jacob, but uh, can we make this happen? I say, I can make this happen if you go to the seller and ask them to be in the second position, right? So these situations, like I said, you need a very, very, uh, I wouldn't even say a sound mind. You need a crazy seller to agree to this, in my opinion. Right, very desperate. But... I, these were good. They they both you know had DC jobs. Both these kids they had DC jobs. They didn't really you know it was it was a quick money. They didn't really want to pay the carrying cost of the property. In my mind, is really why they were offloading the property. So anything that it could take, if they make a little money on the side, who cares? But they're not going to give the property away for free, obviously. So 
They agreed, actually. So I had a note for 160K. Um, there was rehab included. So it was a short-term note, nine months. They're working on it now. Um, the tricky component of this is the seller is financing that 140 at 5% over 10 years. So my note's only seven, uh, so, sorry, my note's only nine months. So our theory is, we think potentially that they're doing a big rehab, like 200K. So if the value gets great enough, when we do the refinance, we should also hopefully, they, they bought it really, really low. Um, they, they should also be able to pay off the second lien position as well. And then before that 10 years. Before that 10 years. So that, that's the hope. But if not, I'm sure there's a, a workaround. I need to talk to our attorneys to see if we can extend that a little further or, you know, refinance essentially that 10 month, that, that 10 year second lien seller's notes into another 10 year second lien seller's note that's just tagged along to the 30-year note as well so right um but people i get calls about it all the time now you know i've got this you know seller's financing x amount or the seller is helping me syndicate the down payment just so we can make it up you know so there's the sellers want the and that's another good sign sellers want their properties to move right now the fact that there's more of an interest in this makes me think there's more of it happening because sellers want to move their properties because of that that's another sort of little you know prices may start to come down so that for a flip, I think is the best scenario right now. Obviously, not everybody can do that. Um, so a, a couple. I mean, you make your money on the purchase is is really the the other big facet here. Um, you know, buy low, sell high. Right. Know, that's the, the token phrase. But um, if you buy too high, there's no money to make on a sale or a refinance. So right. um, when you when you run numbers, it's it's all about the purchase. Right. One hundred percent. A lot more negotiations are taking place. You know, most bids are, there's a period of time, you know, I uh, heard two months ago maybe, um, I get a call about a property and then I get a call from four other investors about the same property and they're flying off the shelves, right? These were in seasoned investors. They're only looking at the cheap stuff. Um, but that that's sort of the way that the market is. Um, things fly off the shelves. And uh, recently... Sellers have been taking a more time to accept offers, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and I think that's sort of, they're holding on to the old, maybe I can get a higher price, but sort of also adjusting to the new. Um, so I've had those situations where four or five investors look at the same property and I call each of them. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Anybody get accepted? And all of them say, you know, we're still waiting. They, they said next week and then it's next week and they say, give us three more days. So everybody's, everybody's fighting to the finish line to try and get... Uh, that increased price. Yeah, no, it's definitely, like you're saying, it's definitely like just a lot of deals I'm seeing as well. The seller's just taking a long time to swallow that pill to know this is where we're at and this is what we're gonna do now, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go now with our closing remarks. You know, really, I appreciate that you came by. It, it was a great, great conversation here. And how could, if people wanna reach out to you, what's a good way for them to do that? Um, I keep it simple. So email is just Jacob at pimlicogroup.com, Pimlico Capital is who I work with. Um, phone number, uh, if anybody wants to give me a call, is 410-541-0267. You can also look us up, pimlicocapital.com. Uh, call the office, somebody's there. Maybe me, maybe somebody else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm always looking for new uh, new hot business, um, new, new hot leads. So um, yeah, go with, uh, we know Baltimore well, we know a lot of markets well now actually. So go, go with uh, somebody who knows the area, um, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll get you a good program. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, thank you so much for coming by. And before I, we just shut off, is there any last statements you wanted to say? Um, buy low, sell high. 
I think, <laughs> is, uh, is a good closing remark. And uh, B, you know, ask a lot of questions. Um, you, you never know what a seller's willing to do. You never know what a buyer's willing to do. Um, ask, ask a lot of questions. See how you can be the most, whether it's seller's financing, whether it's on the wraps, tax liens, whatever. Ask a lot of questions because I'm sure there's a relatively creative, unorthodox solution you can find. Um, be, before jumping into anything that you think is straightforward, get get all the all the details of the deal. Right, no, hundred percent. And again, thank you so much for stopping by. As always, it's always great meeting up, and I think we're probably going to meet up next week just to meet up again. But you know, as always, <laughs> nice meeting you. Thank you. And for I hope me. actually right after this, there's a deal I want to talk to you about. Stay tuned, guys. If you're listening, maybe you could jump on this deal. But thank you very much again, and have a good one, guys. Bye.